This is the Kibasa King Sports Extravaganza. Hey, 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 Yakshamash. Club to you too, or whatever. You know, really, I love your style. I love the way you edit things together. Go back to the real We welcome to the show Christian Leitner. Yeah, I'm proud of my heritage, and my mother used to make a lot of delicious meals kapusta, lumpy, padoti, all that good stuff. I put sour cream on everything, and um, so a lot of Polish tradition there. Hey guys, everybody, welcome to the Kilbasa King Sports Extravaganza, of course, brought to you by Bucky's Fifth Quarter.com. Make sure you guys go to Bucky's Fifth Quarter for all your Wisconsin Badgers news, notes, and discussion. Obviously, uh, a big day for Wisconsin uh, on multiple fronts, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about that, obviously, uh, the first half of this show. Wisconsin Badgers beating Michigan State today, winning the Big Ten title tournament uh, title, and then as well claiming the number one seed in the West region. They will play against Coastal Carolina on Friday in Omaha. And I am uh, Jay Kokorowski. we got the Polish rifle Scott Wesniewski here. Uh, a lot to talk about there. we got a bunch of post-game audio from today. Uh, big thanks to Max Sternberg, our correspondent down in Chicago, that uh, got us all the audio. Uh, you'll hear from Duye Dukin, uh, Nigel Hayes, Bronson Kenny, who came up big uh, when, when times with Frank Kaminsky and Sam Dicker at times didn't show up during tonight, today's game, and even yesterday's game. Uh, and we'll talk about that. Uh, at 7.40, we'll have Phil Mitten from Bucky's fifth quarter talking, just breaking down some, some bracketology for us, what his thoughts were. He was down there this weekend for that. And then, of course, 8 o'clock, our friends from Mocking the Draft. We've been trying to get them on for a little while. Uh, get a little football in here because, I mean, we're, we are kind of a still football school, even though basketball's uh, you know, uh, Wisconsin, I should say, is a is a football school. Uh, you know, we'll talk about uh, some some Melvin Gordon and where he may land, especially with a lot of the free agency. Demarco Murray, uh, Darius McFadden going. Where does he think Melvin Gordon will go? Along with also, what he thinks where the Green Bay Packers will choose. Who will they choose? And you know, and so we'll go through with that with with Dan from Mocking the Draft. Uh, we'll break that down at the top of the hour. But Scotty, first and foremost. Uh, big day for Wisconsin when it comes to uh, getting that you know, first number one seed ever uh, in, in, in program history for men's basketball. Uh, your thoughts on, on the game, which was argue, you know, definitely the Big Ten game of the year, uh, and also uh, your initial thoughts on, on where the Badgers lay. Well, I mean, it was a good game, and um, it's funny, though. They got a number one seed, which I think they deserve, but everybody thought they were going to get the number one seed because Duke ended up losing their game earlier in the week. But Duke gets the number one anyway, and if anybody tells you that there's no such thing as Duke bias, they're out of their mind. But that's fine. It didn't affect the Badgers. They got the number one seed, and they'll be going out west. Um, interesting enough, I mean, some people think that Virginia could have made a strong case for a number one seed. Um you know, but Villanova and Wisconsin get the number ones. We all we expected Kentucky to get it. I mean, they're the number one overall seed. But um, you know, I would have been fine if the Badgers got a two, but I'm glad they got a one. But um, it's you know, it, we'll see how they're able to do in that bracket. It looks a lot similar to last year's West bracket, except Arizona was a one and Wisconsin was a two. Um, Baylor was also in that bracket last year, so it's. It's got a lot of similarities to last year's bracket, and we'll see if it has the same results for the Badgers. It's very true. It's very true. It's been one of those uh, very interesting moments when it comes to, uh, I mean, the game itself. Yeah, and they, and they talked about it at the. Uh, I found this interesting, Scott, with with how the selection committee said that regardless of the outcome of today's game, that you'd see. Wisconsin's going to be up there as a number one seed, which I thought was interesting just based off the fact, like you mentioned, with Virginia and Duke uh, having great resumes, obviously Arizona being up there and, you know, uh, dismantling Oregon, uh, who's also in that West bracket, by the way, uh, which is a lot of similarities, like you mentioned, to last year's. Uh, And so we'll, you know, we'll see how this year's plays out, obviously, with with some of the ties switch with the one and two seeds, but 
Uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm really, uh, I'm really intrigued to see how uh, how this plays out. And I mean, obviously, uh, during the game itself today, I mean, you, you know, with with Sam Decker having having a slow game, and you also have the fact that uh, Frank, you know, Kaminsky had a little bit of trouble here and there, uh, you know, against some of the biggers and how they defended them against, you know, the the, the big guys at, at, for the Spartans. Uh, what, were, what was your, you know, uh, I mean, it was good to see a guy like Nigel Hayes who came up clutch and, and Bronson Kangan, two sophomores that are going to inherit this club next year, uh, really step up and, and just be clutch when they needed to be. Yeah, it was a good good performance. But, again, showing that something we talked about last week, you know, looking at what would happen if the Badgers had to lean on the bench a little bit more. And today they needed to lean on the bench a little bit more, and, and it worked out for them. Um Really, what what I'm worried about still, though, is, you know, when Jack, Jackson could be able to play, they're saying, by, you know, by the Friday when they play in Omaha. But it's going to take them a couple games at least to get the rust off. And, you know, Coastal Carolina is fine. Uh, Oklahoma State, Oregon. Oklahoma State's been playing, you know, a team that could pose some matchup problems again. Um, that would be the second game back for Jackson. And then, most likely in the third round, uh, when you get into the regional semis, you have either North Carolina or an Arkansas to face. So you're hoping that he's gotten a little bit of the rust off by the time the Badgers get to get to those games. Absolutely. And it, you know, it's, this is the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, we're having a bracket challenge here at Bucky's fifth quarter. We're going to discuss stuff. Uh, we're going to have some, some budget, you know, some, uh, well, hopefully a prize to give away with some brackets. We'll give away more information during the week. As well, and uh, and of course, my son's also a little disappointed because he won't be able to play because he's underage. But uh, you look at that. Uh, any, looking at the rest of the record, we're going to get with Phil Mitten in just a couple of minutes, in just a couple of minutes to talk about his thoughts about the tournament uh, and uh, where the Badgers lay. In your opinion, uh, what are some other things that you noticed instantly from other regions uh, going in? Uh, you know, to like the first four and uh, going in and in some of the regions that you've seen? Well, I mean, I look ahead to the East, uh, a second-round game that could bore, uh, bore the pants off of everybody. You could see Michigan State and Virginia uh, match up in the second round in the East. Um, some teams this year that looked like they were going to have higher seeds a couple weeks ago, like Wichita State with a seven. Northern Iowa with a five, but they kind of fell off as, as time went on. Seven teams from the Big Ten. I mean, that's kind of what we were thinking was going to happen. Um, other than that, I mean, the bracket, look, to me, everybody always talks about what's the hardest bracket, what's the hardest bracket. And I know, you know, somebody will think I don't know anything I'm talking about when I say, you know, what I think the hardest bracket is. But if you look at it, all the brackets have four teams that that you could, you know, look at as being perennials. And For example, in the West, Wisconsin, um, North Carolina, um, Arizona, and maybe, well, maybe not Baylor, but those three teams, you know, have a shot. We look over at the South. Duke, I don't think there's a lot. I mean, Iowa State played well. Gonzaga, this could be their year that they, they win it all. In the East, you know, we talked about already Virginia and, and Villanova. But Louisville is a four, is a very sneaky four and could be a huge matchup down the road with Villanova. And then, of course, the Midwest, people say, is easy just because Kentucky's been able to roll. But, you know, Kansas is there as a two, and, you know, Notre Dame is a three. But I would be surprised if, if we don't see Kentucky in the final four. I mean, you know, they're, they've been undefeated so far this year. I don't know, I don't know anything can happen. And maybe a, a later round, third round game with Maryland could be a game that challenges them. But I would be surprised to see them not make the final four. Beyond that... It's a crapshoot, but I've already, as you can imagine, picked my Final Four. And uh, I've got Kentucky, I've got Louisville, um, and and, and two other teams that are going to get in. I've got uh, Gonzaga, and i got Arizona. And I know that's going to make people mad, but that's just what my early feeling is on my Final Four. Oh, Arizona's a good – I mean, I know uh, on a CBS selection show you had Seth Davis and you had uh, Mark Gottlieb both – Put uh, you know Matt Gottlieb both say that you had uh, that they put Arizona in there 
And you know, Arizona's going to be a tough challenge. You saw, what the, you saw what they did against Oregon, you know, in the Pac-12 championship game, winning by, was it 22, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, they're a very formidable challenge. They could have been a one seed. Yeah, and I, I'm actually taking uh, uh, Arizona to get to the finals. I mean, I, I don't just have them coming out of that region. I have them uh, beating Gonzaga and moving on to the championship. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a, it, you know, it's it's one of those years, and a lot of people have said it, but uh, the top six, seven, eight teams in, in the nation are, are really top heavy, and maybe the ones that are after it, um, you know, aren't necessarily as, as uh, you know, dominant, or it's not as much of a parody of this year. I tend to agree a little bit with that, just due to the fact that you take a look at uh, just separation with that last number one seed. You know, Virginia was deserving of it. Uh, obviously, yeah, Arizona was, Wisconsin was, and so I really feel like you're looking at that, and you know it could have been intertwined. But then again, you don't see Wisconsin, you know, getting the number two seed going to, you know, facing the Kentucky in the Midwest region. Uh, though honestly, I kind of would want to would want to see that. I think it'd be it'd be fun. But then again, I mean, if, if both teams do get to the Final Four, uh, you're wasting your momentum there. You're wasting your your prime, you know, your prime time ratings and and seeing you know the whole answer of can Wisconsin contain you know, the, the Willie Colley Steins, you know, on John Calipari's st- uh, squad. So I'm, you know, it's a wonderful time of the year, Scotty. This is, this is great. I know I got my buddy uh, who stays home the Thursday and Friday and basically locks up four or five different televisions or computers, tablets, phones, and pretty much streams every game and just sits down and watches. Uh, it's a great, uh, his kind of his, uh, his vacation that he takes every year. So uh, I won't be able to do that, but hopefully we'll be able to catch some of the game. And, uh, you know, we're going to welcome on now. It's uh, just 19 minutes before the hour. We got Bucky's with quarters Phil Mitten on, uh, who's had quite a uh, crazy weekend. And, Phil, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Doing good, doing good. Uh, and, obviously, you can find him on Twitter at Hoops Marinara. And, you know, Phil. You know, I, and we know you got to get to the SB Nation, the the main show, in, in just a few minutes. Um, you know, but let me just ask you right off the bat: your initial thoughts on the weekend before we get into the tournament? Your initial thoughts on the Badgers' play uh, and what they had to overcome in in Chicago, facing a very tough Purdue and a very tough Michigan State squad. It w- it was great to see them get pushed to the limit uh, each day and respond three days in a row. You know, Michigan played them pretty tough, too, uh, on Friday. So they really were tested. They're going into this tournament um, playing pretty well, obviously, and going up against the best in their own conference. And even though some people think it's down, I think Purdue played one phenomenal half, and Michigan State obviously was more than up to the challenge in the championship game. So you got to like that the Badgers were tested and um, – they're getting some production from the bench and D.A. Dukin again. So um, things are, are looking pretty good, and uh, they earned that number one seed, which I thought they deserved. So another feather in their cap and a really great season so far. Now, Phil, I know that uh, I think they earned the number one seed by winning the conference tournament. I thought they they were kind of in the bubble, but some people think they were number one even before having to beat Michigan State. Do you think they needed to beat Michigan State to be the one in your eyes? And uh, to piggyback off that, when you look at the West region, uh, other than the Badgers, what other teams uh, might scare you or pose the matchup problems for the Badgers? Sure. Um, you know, I I guess I'm hearing this. I heard this secondhand, but I did hear some, but. Somebody say or read some comment that the committee was not going to make a change of the Badgers if they had lost. So they felt they were solidly in there. I don't know if that's totally accurate, but that's kind of yeah. I heard that too. Time. So um, personally, it I don't envy the committee's job. I I kind of thought Wisconsin needed to win against Michigan State to kind of lock it up. Virginia is such a strong number two seed this year, just a real good team. They must be you know, somewhat worried about Justin Anderson returning and, uh, you know, his health and integrating back into that team uh, to push them down to the two line. But, um, you know, as as I think we all agree, we, with the win, a well-deserved number one seed out west. Um, and the west is a uh, pretty good-looking region. I, I see three fairly strong regions here, and then I guess I thought Duke in the south had kind of the easiest road. 
So um, that's just kind of my take. Out west, uh, we're going to see some familiar faces, possibly. If Wisconsin wants to make another run, they they may run into Oregon. They may run into Baylor or Arizona. And obviously, they're half of the bracket. They would be the ones to face Kentucky if they make it that far in the Final Four again. So um, the number two seed there, Arizona, obviously jumps out. They've been playing really well. Um, it was just one of those years where the top six or seven teams were so good um, in contention for uh, that last number one seed, and Arizona was one of those. Um, with North Carolina up in the upper half, that's another really athletic team that's going to have plenty of size. So um, if they should meet, you know, Wisconsin's going to be playing some teams that they're not going to have this overwhelming advantage in the front court like they've been used to through some of the Big Ten seasons. So I think that's kind of an interesting dynamic there. Um, and obviously Arizona and Baylor, if they should meet, those are two teams with size, obviously, that Wisconsin fans are familiar with. So um, I don't really see – it'll be interesting. I'd like to see that North Carolina-Wisconsin matchup. We're here with Phil Mitten from Bucky's Fifth Quarter. Like I said, follow him on Twitter at Hoops Marinara. And, uh, you know, you look at – um, I guess, you know, you said some, you know, you talked about some potential matchups with, like you said, North Carolina. Uh, I guess in, in detail, like, who do you think gives Wisconsin the most trouble? Uh, is there one team that really scares you out of that West region or even just within the first two to three, you know, two to three rounds that really gives you uh, a pause and say, you know, I mean, they can definitely beat Wisconsin? Uh, good question. I, I mean, Arizona just jumps out so much for me where they, they're a team that could give Wisconsin trouble. Um, you know, Oregon, an interesting school. They've, they're familiar with Wisconsin, too. If they get by Oklahoma State, they, you know, had such a great game last year. Uh, Joseph Young, the Impact 12 Player of the Year, uh, he's had a phenomenal season. Uh, guard that, you know, depending on how how the Badgers come out and play, you don't want to get down um to a team that can really score like that uh, with a dynamic player like that. Um, but really, as a number one seed, kind of an interesting position for Wisconsin fans. You're not going into this tournament really fearing any team out there, um, which is, uh, I guess, a nice feeling, nice feeling to have where you're the top <laughs> dog. And Wisconsin has taken on people's best shot all year. So the, the scariest team to me would be that Arizona matchup to return, another Elite Eight matchup to return to the Final Four uh, that jumps out. Although I do like, as a deep sleeper, I like BYU in the first first four games. Um, they would advance to play Xavier and then potentially Baylor. Um, not necessarily to upset Wisconsin, but maybe just a sleeper to come out of the bottom of that bracket. A deep sleeper, I'll admit. <laughs> Phil, so how important, or obviously having Jackson back on the floor is going to be important for the Badgers, but how effective do you think he can be right off the bat? And is it more of a, a phase thing where you want to get him through the first two games and get some, like, you know, if he's able to play and get his legs, quote-unquote, under him, and then hopefully as you get into the to the Sweet 16 round, he'll be a little bit more closer to himself. I don't think he'll be 100% before this thing's over. But, I mean, from optimistic-wise and expectation-wise, the Badgers just hoping to get him to maybe 75%, 80% by the time the Sweet 16 rolls around. Yeah, that's the hope. I think if you don't see him get in early in this opening round matchup with Coastal Carolina and at least try to get him some minutes, you got to you got to really wonder, is he even close to 70 75%? Um, mm-hmm. You anticipate Wisconsin being able to handle uh, Coastal Carolina there, and you'd want to get Jackson plenty of minutes there to just see how he's doing. There was a spot in the first half against Michigan State here where Koenig had kind of been quiet, and we needed to get somebody into the, to the rim there, and that was one of those situations where I think if Trayvon's a little bit healthier, even if he's not 100%, you get him in there for, you know, two, three minutes to spell Koenig and just try to mix things up. So I'm hoping in the first two rounds they get that opportunity to kind of work him in. As you say, having him for a Sweet 16 matchup would be key because, uh, you know, they looked a little tired today. Three games in uh, three days uh, I think took a little toll. So hopefully they get some of that energy back uh, with the layoff this week. 
We're here with Phil Mitten from Bucky's Fifth Quarter. And, Phil, uh, just a couple more questions for you before we let you get off to the, the, the big time over at the SB Nation uh, studios to talk about Wisconsin uh, on the live show that we that we have. with. Uh, uh, real quick, though, I mean, you, you take a look, just kind of going back into Wisconsin, you saw during the Big Ten tournament, and you saw, I mean, obviously two sophomores. I brought it up at the beginning of the show, Bronson Koenig, Nigel Hayes coming up huge. Uh, this tournament, but have you know, Kenny stepped into the shoes of, of of Jackson and played very admirably. He had a kind of a rough stretch during the, from Maryland to Minnesota, but stepped up for Ohio State and later. Uh, but he came up clutch today in the second half. He got 18 points, nine assists, which is huge uh, for the sophomore out of lacrosse. And then also, you know, 19 points yesterday against Purdue. What ha, what has Koenig and, and really Hayes, how have they developed this year that really sets them apart and can really help this team out uh, in March? Uh, we'll start with Koenig, I guess, since um, he was kind of a, he's kind of grown up in front of people's eyes, nationally at least, I would say. He's, he's had that killer instinct during the, especially highlighted during the Big Ten tournament here where He's taken over in the second half when he needed to. And, um, you know, I think you've seen him get more confident, you know, week by week. And now he's to the point where he's able to uh, get to the rim in the same way that Trayvon Jackson was able to, which was kind of one of the main uh, knocks against him when the transition was made and Jackson was hurt. So Koenig has taken things up a a notch, and uh, obviously everyone saw how uh, how well he played, and he kind of has that that uh, killer instinct in there. And he's shown a little more emotion, and that's just good to see out of your floor leader, even as young as he is. Now he's got plenty of experience under his belt and playing really well. Hayes, on the other hand, <laughs> he's just able to do whatever the team needs him to, whether it's hitting the boards, he's able to do that. He's physical. Um, you've seen lately his three-point shot has really been carrying the batters at times. Uh, he's been uh, almost 50% over the last five games and 6 of 11 uh, the last two games. So uh, hitting timely free throws, uh, you know, racking up assists. So Hayes is probably one of the more her- unheralded players in the whole country. With uh, Frank Kaminsky on the team, it's easy to see why he gets overlooked, but um, without Kaminsky, I think the whole country would would know who Nigel Hayes is because he's just proven to be just a phenomenal player. That's, so I, I've been really impressed with Hayes, especially late. So, like you said, both sophomores, the future is bright uh, for Wisconsin, even though they will lose a lot of experience at the end of this run, however long it lasts. Excellent. And, Phil, before we let you go, one last question on my end. Uh your final four, who do you got so far for a preliminary pick? Oh, my first final four, and I'm going to have to go right here, but I'll just give you Kentucky, Virginia, Wisconsin, and Iowa State. Iowa State, ooh. And sorry, I got to run, guys. No worries. Thanks, Phil. Uh, that All was right, Phil. Yeah. We'll see you. Uh, that was Phil Mitten from Bucky's Fifth Quarter. He's going on to the, the big time at the SB Nation studios. Uh, make sure you guys follow him at Hoops Marinara. Uh, and and Scotty, uh, we we have what's going. You know, uh, I mean, it's very interesting takes from 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 Phil and and what's going to happen. What his, his final fours were. I was intrigued by Ohio uh, by Iowa State, I should say. Uh, so that'll be a fun take. And uh, how many brackets are you going to do this year, by the way, brother? Um, I don't know. I'll probably do three. I, there's different kinds. There's one bracket I do every year where you get points based on the seed. So if a 12 seed wins, you get 12 points. So I do that one. I do a regular standard bracket. And then I do another bracket that has points that go up every um, every round. So I play one of each kind of bracket. So I'll do three. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. And so uh, I'll probably do a couple. And, and I know, like I said, Bucky's fifth quarter is going to have a bracket challenge coming up. It'll be basically, you know, we'll, we'll give out more details in the coming days. Make sure you guys check out Bucky's fifth quarter for that. Uh, just a couple quick notes too. Frank Kaminsky and Nigel Hayes were both named to the all big 10 uh, conference tournament team. Uh, Frank Kaminsky named the most outstanding player 
So he uh, deserve, adds to the accolades there, along with being a, a Wooden finalist and an Aismith finalist. Uh, so congrats to Frank Kaminsky there. And uh, just a couple quick notes, too. Looks like the CBS Sports crew it that will be with the Badgers in Omaha will be Marv Albert, Len Elmore, and Chris Weber. Uh, and the, uh, the awesome Craig Sager and his suits will be on the sideline covering the NCAA tournament. So that'll be a lot of fun. And they do play Friday against Coastal Carolina. We don't know the exact times, I don't believe, yet. I don't know if you're seeing anything, Scotty, but I, I haven't I, yet. I haven't heard it. Yeah, I haven't heard any times yet. So. Yeah, so we'll, we'll play back with that. Uh, moving on, we got about five minutes until mocking the drafts. Uh, Dan Kadar comes on. Uh, hopefully I'm pronouncing it right. We'll talk some uh, NFL with us, talking some where Melvin Gordon goes, where the Green Bay Packers, who he thinks Green Bay Packers will pick, and, and, and how free agency is really – um, kind of change, you know, change the landscape of his mock drafts coming up uh, as the draft grows nearer and nearer. But uh, I don't know about you, but yeah, it was good seeing. I saw some pictures. I, I don't know if you got a chance to go out there. Uh, our our buddy uh, Matt, uh, the uh, Brew City Beer City Bruiser, I should say, uh, had uh, his return to Ring of Honor in Milwaukee, and he also wrestled in Chicago this weekend. Have you, did you hear anything about? that it's good seeing him uh getting a lot of national uh national attention uh from all the the wrestling fans out there i heard it was uh, a great time and uh he he did i I haven't heard any reports from chicago but i know that he had a great match against mark briscoe on friday and looking to hear some reports from chicago i actually was wrestling yesterday uh myself otherwise i was actually going to make the trip down to chicago but it didn't end up happening how'd that how'd the show go for you man uh, it was it was a good time for a good cause. Um, got had a new tag team partner. We were breaking them in, so it was a lot of fun. Um, by the way, um, did you see the um, NIT bracket got released? No, I did not. Let's talk about that real quick. Well, uh, first of all, I'm hoping you're going to get into a, a NIT bracket pool somewhere. I mean, you, can, <laughs> you have. I don't Absolutely. know. I mean, I do. I get into one every year. But um, it, it, the NIT is funny because there's good teams that get in. Don't get me wrong. You know, there's teams that belong, you know, like just missed. But it seems like the teams that just missed the NCAA seem to have letdowns in the NIT, maybe because they thought, oh, we got slighted, whereas some other teams end up doing pretty well because they're like, hey, we're happy to be here. Let's Let's see what we're able to do. So, you know, it, it's weird that way. I mean, don't you kind of get that feeling sometimes that, Teams tend to fall off when they get to the NIT. Well, it happened last year with UW Green Bay, if I'm not mistaken. They, you know, they, I, I thought they they're one of the first few out, and uh, you know, they're one of the first few out. And next thing, and next thing you know, they're uh, you know they they have a, a a letdown game. You know, you have that happen where, yeah, the emotions run high. You don't you think you you belong, and and next thing you know, it's it's not working, and so. Uh, you know, the next thing you know, they, they feel slighted, and I mean, it's an emotional letdown. You can either turn it for a positive or, or a negative, and uh, they, well, yeah, and some teams can't. You know, they just don't well, turn it on. Here's, here, here's the number one seeds, and this is what I love about the NIT, too, because when you give, say, number one seeds, and then the teams you name, you know, you kind of shake your head, but Old Dominion, okay. Richmond, Richmond with a 19-13 and 13 record, by the way, um, over, say, Miami, who's a two-seed, Temple, and Colorado State. Colorado State, 27-6, and six, uh, perhaps the best one-loss record other than Murray State, did not make it. And Murray State was a team that at one point in the season, we were talking about this earlier, were ranked in the uh, top 25. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right, but, yeah. And, and so, I mean, there, there'll, there'll be some games. That, yeah, they're twenty-seven and five. Uh, how what it relates close to home is simply this: uh, Illinois made it. Um, they're nineteen and thirteen, and I believe that's the only Big Ten school in there. Uh, Green Bay is in uh, as well. They're a number five seed. They'll play Illinois State on Wednesday. So, so that's really all that matters from a local level is you have a Big Ten school and you have UW Green Bay playing in the NIT. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, uh, you know, get, you know, obviously, good luck to the Phoenix. We're, we're big fans of them and the Milwaukee Panthers, obviously, uh, as well as Marquette. Uh, and and we'll see how they, you know, we'll see how the Phoenix do. And uh, obviously, with the Illini, it's good having Big Ten teams. I mean, it's it's good to have the 
the Big Ten represent uh, in the in the tournament as well. Obviously, was it, if I'm not mistaken, Maryland's a four, if I'm not mistaken, and then uh, you have Iowa being a, a seven along with Michigan State. Uh, and, and you, know, you have Michigan State as a, as a seven seed after the performance they had, even though I think a lot of people penciled them in as a seven uh, before that. So we'll see how that uh, we'll see how that plays out. Obviously, uh, and, and what's up on Facebook and Twitter? Have you followed anything from Steve Haywood today? Uh, I will now, real quick. As yeah, I was wait, waiting for uh, our buddy uh, Dan from mocking the draft. Let me take a well, quick look. Steve, uh, Steve compared Kaminsky to Kevin McHale and thinks that he can have the same kind of NBA career Kevin McHale had. Uh, you know what? I, I I could see that. I could see I could see hey I could see Kaminsky doing that. A couple of people actually mentioned that nationally. I think it was on the Dan Patrick show that you actually heard him say like uh, or even on the uh, here in local radio. Uh, on the Big 1070 and the Big 920, Mike Keller, John Adi is talking about. You had Kaminsky talking about the Kevin McHale comparisons. Uh, you know, some people say like Mark Miller, but they say sometimes it's a little bit um, that's a little skewed. Obviously, uh, you know, because they think he's a, you know it's kind of just a big guy that that can shoot outside. But uh, you know, some people said Dirk, but I don't know if he'll have as much of an effect. But I think Kevin McHale is a really solid comparison. Uh, and it's a, I think it's a great compliment being paid to Kaminsky there uh, and what he can do. I mean, he, you've seen what he can do. He can shoot on the outside. He can do spin moves inside, uh, go inside. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, obviously, against bigger tournaments, against bigger guys, you see, you saw what happened against Purdue when you had a big guy like uh, C.J. Lemons come in and, and in the first half dominate. But I, uh, you know, I, you saw what Kaminsky can do in the second half and, and motivate the team and got the got everything started in that second half when their Badgers were down 11 today by getting a dunk and then starting slowly getting progressing their way back, trying to get that momentum going. So, um, but yeah, but no, yeah, we'll, we'll, we can talk more tournament in just a little bit. We're going to take one quick break. We're going to come back. Our friends from Mocking the Draft will help us uh, talk about uh, where the Packers could be, uh, who the Packers could be selecting number 30, but also talk about Melvin Gordon and where he stands after the free agency bonanza that happened last week. Uh, for now, though, we're gonna give you some quick audio. We're gonna play some. Let's play some Nigel Hayes from today post victory here. Uh, big thanks to Max Sternberg for the audio who covered us for for B5Q. We'll be right back with Dan from mocking the draft. Uh, the crowd was behind them, and then I think when we made our final uh, push to tie it and send it to overtime, I think we took care of it. Sophomore swagger, you and Ron have got going here. I mean, two sophomores, the guys going to down the stretch here the last couple of uh, I mean, I guess that's all credit to Bronson. He's the one that got us into overtime. He's, uh, he hit his big three. Uh, his nickname is Clutch Koenig, Clutch Bell with a K. Uh, he's been doing a terrific job for us ever since he got the starting job, and I thank you to him for taking it. A little trifecta MVP, you Frank and Bronson. How, how would that sound about right for this tournament? Um, I mean, I think it's a team win, definitely. I mean, everyone contributed. Uh, not to give a cliche answer, but I think that's the one that's deserving right now. The uh, adversity that you guys face every game that will help you in the coming games. Oh uh, yeah, definitely. Well, some teams are uh, uh, some teams, which you would say over the years, I've been told um, by other people, some teams are used to winning and used to losing. So when games get close, if you're a team that has a habit of losing those games, you will lose those games. And when they're close, if you have a habit of trying to win, you'll win them. I think that showed. Uh, with us, we know that we're capable of winning. We expect ourselves to win and to perform well, and I think we uh, we show that when we had a run, come back, and you know, still in the deal in overtime. You're familiar with Coach Carolina, right? No, no, not familiar. I've seen some highlights of them. I think they're a pretty exciting team, I've heard, and I'm sure we'll get their uh, their best effort. How do you prepare for a team like the American last year or a team like Coastal Carolina? You may have not seen it during the year, or you may not seen much of but you know you got to go out and play them, and you know it's one of those. You just prepare for them like we would. Um, if we were playing the Michigan State game, we may not be familiar with them, but our coaches do a terrific job of scouting uh, teams, and I think they'll do another terrific job with them. And if we just uh, follow our scouting report and stick to our our, uh, our our points and what we focus on, I think we'll be fine. Hey, guys, welcome back. Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza, of course, brought to you by Bucky's fifth quarter. That was Nigel Hayes. All Big Ten Conference tournament uh, first team 
25 points today, a big victory, a big key for him hitting those three-pointers when it counted. But we're going to transition real quick. We're going to talk, go from one side of the Badgers with basketball, obviously the men's team, number one seed in the West region. We're going to go to another uh, potential number one in terms of the first round. Uh, we're looking at Melvin Gordon Green and uh, where the former Wisconsin Badger can go. And with us, we have Dan Kadar from Mocking the Draft. And Dan, how are you doing this evening? I'm great, guys. Probably not as good as you guys getting that number one seed, but I'm I'm good otherwise. <laughs> we're, we're, yeah, it's it's a good feeling in Madison. I know I live on the west side, not too crazy over here yet, but I'm sure downtown's just buzzing uh, with uh, with all the the cardinal and white going crazy. Um, to start off real quick before we uh, kind of dive deep into into some draft talk, talk about mocking the draft. Uh, you know, I follow I followed you for for a couple of years already, and just talk to us about uh, mocking the draft and and your association with SB Nation. Yeah, I've been doing the draft stuff for SB Nation since 2009, I think, and I've been doing draft stuff in general for a while before that too. So I'm kind of aging myself a little bit by. Uh, telling you how long I've been doing it, but um, no, it's fun. I mean, we do it all year round. Um, you know, we dig through players all all year, and we you know we move stuff around. We do a mock draft every Monday. We do a podcast every Wednesday or Thursday. Um, and you know, we're getting these great scouting reports from Steve White, who used to play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. I mean, we're we're really going to be ramping things up over here in the next few weeks leading up to the draft. So. You know, the, the idea is to do fun things and not be boring and, you know, like other places, I guess. So it, it's it's good fun. When you look at the free agencies uh, period so far, and we're only a week into it, uh, we saw some other things happen this weekend with Reggie Bush going to San Francisco and uh, C.J. Spiller going to New Orleans. But when you look at the draft, whose draft uh, – uh, needs change the most with what they were able to do in free agency? Well, that's a good question. You know, I kind of think of a team like the Chiefs. You know, arguably the biggest need in the entire NFL was them needing a wide receiver. None of their wide receivers had a touchdown last season, and they went and got Jeremy Macklin. So, you know, that that's one that comes to mind. The 49ers are just kind of falling apart. They had a couple of retirements, Patrick Willis, and just they lost to Frank Gore. They lost a couple other players. And, you know, they, they signed Torrey Smith to a huge contract, but they have a ton of holes on that team. So they come to mind. I'm a big fan of what the Arizona Cardinals are doing. They signed Mike Upati, the guard there. And, you know, the, the Jets are spending a ton of money. The Jaguars are spending a ton of money. And, you know, when you're those kind of teams, you have to do that. So, you know, every single move kind of has a – ripple effect on the draft and some big and some small and we're here with uh dan cater from mocking the draft and also one of my crying twins which is always fun oh my uh, was, yeah they like making the live appearances here uh which uh with a household of three uh three boys uh aging three months for the twins to three-year-old it's uh it always makes it fun uh but uh no <laughs> transition with that you talk about the the free agency there how uh how does that impact where you have Melvin Gordon, the former Wisconsin running back, going in your mock draft? Well, first, I'm glad to hear that my voice brings your children to tears. But, um, no, that's funny. Um, you know, I, I think Melvin Gordon, his draft stock kind of starts with the Chargers at number 17. And I know they've shown a lot of interest in him. But um, they lost Ryan Matthews, and all they have right now is Danny Woodhead and Brandon Oliver, who played pretty decent for them, but he was still an undrafted player out of Buffalo. So I kind of think Gordon's stock starts at 17, and you know you, you move from there and see where the fits are. I mean, originally I thought Baltimore might be a good fit, but they re-signed Justin Forsett to, I think, a four-year deal. Um, the Panthers might be a good fit later in the first round. All they have is Jonathan Stewart now and Fozzie Whitaker, who, you know, whatever. The Cowboys maybe. You think about them in the first round because they lost to Marco Murray. Um, and then the Cardinals, who I mentioned earlier, you know, they picked Andre Ellington pretty high a couple of years ago, but I think he's averaging 3.3 yards per carry, something like that. So there's a lot of options for, for Melvin Gordon in the first round. You know, a lot of, obviously around here uh, where we live, it's Packer talk 24 seven and, um, 
many people believe the biggest need for the Packers is an inside linebacker. Um, they could probably use a tight end, and they might be able to, to delve into the cornerback market, especially if they lose both of their cornerbacks that were free agents. When you look at the Packers as a team, obviously those aside, which is the biggest need, and where is another spot maybe where they could use another player aside from the three positions we just talked named? Yeah, you know, I think cornerback is going to rise to the top of that list of needs if Tremont Williams leaves. I mean, that's a guy who played more than 1,100 snaps last season, and he's very good. You know, Devon House, losing him is a blow, but not as big as it would be losing Tremont Williams. So if he's gone, I think that's a bigger need than middle linebacker. You know, I think that's a position you can generally find after the first round and be okay. You know, but if you lose a cornerback – uh, that, that's a big deal, and there's going to be a lot of players there with that first-round pick at 30 that, that can be viable. You know, Jalen uh, Collins from LSU, for instance, could could fit there really well. Um, so I think those are the two biggest needs, like you said. I really like Richard Rodgers, so I, I don't really see tight end as a big need for the Packers. I think he has the best hands on the team, uh, which is saying something, obviously, but um, defensive tackle, I think, is the one that you didn't mention that comes to mind. Uh, B.J. Raji is, you know, he, he's not quite the player he used to be. You know, and Latroy Guion, who knows what's going to happen with him in the off-field stuff. So, you know, defensive tackle it should be pretty high, and it, it's a undervalued position. But keep an eye on fullback, too, if John Kuhn leaves. So defensive tackle and fullback are the two that I think are kind of under-the-radar needs for Green Bay. Here with Dan Kadar from Mocking the Draft, and and make sure you guys follow uh, him. I'm just bringing that up real quick. Uh, follow him at the the Mocking the Draft on Twitter, uh, and of course go to MockingTheDraft.com. You guys do great stuff over there. With uh, you know, I, I talked about uh, Melvin Gordon, you know, but you know, really the only other talk about another Badger, Wisconsin Badger being drafted is right tackle Rob Havenstein. And uh, in your opinion, is there possibility uh where do you see him uh, not necessarily even a team but where do you see him in the rounds and, and and did that pro day where he got to where he benched you know four more reps at 225 did that really help him at all in your opinion well it obviously didn't hurt i mean when he put up 16 at the combine i think that raised some eyebrows but you, know, you try not to get too carried away with that stuff if you go back and watch the games if you were at the senior bowl practices you see a guy who plays stronger than what his bench press numbers might suggest. So, yeah, I, I think he's on the fringe of the second round. I think the third round's probably more likely for him. And, you know, I, I kind of doubted Ricky Wagner a couple of years ago and kind of taught me a lesson. I mean, he's starting for the Baltimore Ravens now. So you kind of never want to count out these Wisconsin offensive linemen because you know they're going to go to the NFL as these technically sound, mauling, you know, pretty good players. So, I think Havenstein's going to be a top 100 pick for sure. Awesome. I'm sorry, I was in a weird spot here in the house here. Um, one last question I have about overall, like there's been so much talking every year, the, the you know quarterbacks, especially guys who, who are projected to be top five picks, get a lot of the headlines and, and usually at the expense of better players or, or whatnot. But, again, it, it comes down to the biggest debate is amongst two quarterbacks, uh, Winston and Mariota. Two-part question. Um, is Winston going to be the, the, the pick that ends up going to Tampa Bay? Um, and are are both of them, in your mind, guys that are going to make an impact in the NFL, one of them or none of them? What would be your, your expert opinion? Well, I'll start by saying I always try and look at these players with an optimistic uh, perspective, especially when I have them. I think I have Winston rated as, as the second-best player in the draft and Mariota the third-best, but I think both come with, with caveats. Right now, I think Winston's going to be the first pick in the draft, but we'll see. I mean, the Buccaneers are going to have Mariota in on Monday, and then they're going to have a private workout with him in April. So, you know, it's not set in stone that Winston's going to be the number one. I just think there are less questions about him on the field than there are about Mariota. And obviously, you can get into the off-field stuff with Winston, and that's what is the big issue with him. With Mariota, I think whatever team he goes to, you have to be comfortable with what he does on the field and you 
probably had to put him in a position to succeed that you, you know, Winston, you can probably put in any system. Mariotti, you kind of have to cater your system to what he's capable of doing. I think they're both very good players. Um, like I said, I try and think about things optimistically uh, this time of the year because, you know, it's not real fun just crapping on a guy. So I think both of them can be good pros. I mean, I have them rated that highly for a reason and, they're the only two quarterbacks I have rated in the top 64 players. So, yeah, I, I think they're both good. Um, right now I'm going with Winston number one, but I wouldn't be shocked if that flip-flops around here before April. Dan, it's been great talking with you. really appreciate you coming on. Uh, what, what do you guys have coming up? Uh, feel free to uh, promote uh, as uh, shamelessly as you want to, my friend. Yeah, new mock draft coming on Wednesday. And I'll give you a sneak peek. Melvin Gordon goes to the Chargers, like I was talking about before, at number 17. Um, and then we have – we're going to start a rumor roundup type of thing. We're doing a blogger's mock draft where every SB Nation NFL team site uh, makes a pick for their team, and it goes two rounds. So that's going to be starting up uh, the third week of March. That's always a lot of fun. This is – you know, the fifth or sixth year in a row we've done it, so it's a tried-and-true fun thing. And like I said, more from Steve White, more, you know, wacky stuff that's going on out there in the NFL draft world. It's a, it's a great time to uh, be into football. Excellent, excellent. Dan, thank you again for coming on, my friend. Uh, hopefully we'll have you on before the draft. If not, uh, let's talk afterwards. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Excellent. Guys, Dan Kadar from MockingTheDraft.com. Make sure you follow him at MockingTheDraft. We're going to take a, just one more quick break, come back uh, and uh, talk some bucks. we got some maybe a dupe of the week. Uh, we'll break down some more stuff here on the Kilbasta Kings Sports Extravaganza. Here is senior Josh Gosser talking about the Badgers' Big Ten tournament title victory and the number one seed in the West region. Somehow, some way, we were able to make some big plays, get stops when we needed to. Um, I think Bronson had a big three to get us going. Nigel had a nice bucket at the rim, and then just like that, it was down to you know a two-three possession game. And anytime you can you can get that close within a team, you feel a little more confident. Was seeing your mind at all like at any time during the No, no. I mean, we had a championship. We got this net to cut down. That was on my mind. So um, I know if we won, we have a good chance in one seed, but that had nothing to do with it. You guys were still down double digits and just over six minutes ago. Frank had a and one going into the six minute break or into the under eight. Yeah. How important was that for you, to you guys from a momentum standpoint? Kind of woke up the crowd. Yeah, huge. I mean, anytime uh, there was a lot of fans here for us. It almost seemed like it was like the Bradley Center last year of the NCAA tournament. So to get your fans involved in that, Frank was able to make a big play going into timeout, get us feel a little bit better, and then I think making that free throw was big too to kind of just keep momentum going a little bit. And then, like I said, just getting a couple stops in a row. Uh, Bronson made some big shots. Nigel made a couple. We, everyone just made big plays on both ends of the court. So it was a full team effort, and that's what it's all about at this time of the year. Your save in the last minute, obviously you won't end up in the, in the box score, <laughs> but do you think that's a little bit of your career in a nutshell? Yeah, some might say. Um, it's just kind of, you know, it's a championship game. you got to do whatever you can to win, and that was just one of those plays that we needed. Um, so it was a big one. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I don't really know what happened. I just kind of threw it up, threw it in the air, and then somehow we ended up with it. So um, it was a big play. How important was this weekend from the standpoint of learning to deal with adversity? You guys had a lot of double-digit wins. haven't had to come from behind as much. Well, I mean, it shows that we are a really tough team, a uh, resilient team. I don't think um, when you hear the word toughness, was, I mean, you know, we, that's what Wisconsin basketball is all about, being tough, being you know, gritty, just resilient finding ways to win games, and uh, like you said, we, we, we've had some, some big-time wins throughout the year where we weren't challenged, but we knew coming to this Big Ten tournament that we were going to get challenged every single day. Uh, teams are fighting for NCAA tournament lives, fighting for a championship, so uh, we knew there were going to be some battles, and it was great to see that we'd come all, come all the wins in this situation. Have you had a chance to look much at the bracket, how, how you feel like this team matches up, potentially getting back to the final? Yeah, I saw a little bit. Um, you know, you obviously don't you don't look ahead too much. Uh, it's one and done at this point. We're only guaranteed one game, so if you don't care the if you don't take care of the first, you won't get the next one. Um, so right now, Coastal Carolina is the team we're playing. 
Um, obviously, we have some familiar teams from last year in our bracket, which is kind of interesting. But um, like I said, I mean, cliche as cliche as it is, we're, we're only focused on the first ones. You mentioned before that the number one didn't matter. Does it matter now, or is it still the same? It's cool. I mean, it's cool. Um, so we're the only team. I think we're the only team in Wisconsin history. Yeah. So that, anytime you can be the first team to do something, that's cool. But I, like I said, I mean, if we were a one seed or a two seed, I don't think the road would be any easier to, to win a championship. So, um, so just as hard as last year when you were two, is basically what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. It's gonna be one or two. The difference between a one or two seed from seven to an eight, five to a six. I mean, it's so small. It's really one game, one, and that could be one possession throughout a whole season. So. Um, every team is good. Every team in this tournament is here for a reason. Anyone can beat anyone at every, any any given day, and that's what makes it special. Josh, what's the first thing that pops in your head when you think Omaha? Omaha. Omaha. Little League World Series? Is that there? Yeah. <laughs> College World Series? College. Yeah. Uh, Creighton. Creighton was there, right? I visited, I visited Creighton in high school, so I don't know. Uh, it'll be all about basketball, that's for sure. <laughs> How do you feel that fans will travel? You guys going to head out west if you advance on? Obviously, Chicago, pretty nice. Pretty nice yeah. Uh, similar, similar to last year, definitely. Um, obviously, we're not in Milwaukee, so we're not that close this year for the opening round. But we were out in California last year uh, for the final final run there. Um, so it's it's familiar territory with us, and we, we can handle it. Who's the most California guy? Jordan Hill. Jordan Hill's from Cali. He's got the Cali swag. Go, Josh. Uh, I do not have it at all. I'm, I'm, Team Josh. I'm as Wisconsin as it gets, so. Uh, <laughs> definitely Jordan Hill. Josh, could I just ask you? Hey guys, this is Jake Kuba Kutzerowski, that's part of the tag team, one half of that tag team known as the Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza. Just wanted to Thank you guys all for tuning in. Make sure you guys check out Bucky'sFifthQuarter.com. Great SB Nation site dedicated to all your Wisconsin Badgers news, notes, and discussion. Once again, check out Bucky'sFifthQuarter.com. Also on Twitter, at B5Q. Dozabachenya, my friends. Guys, thank you for uh, listening to Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza brought to you by Bucky's Fifth Quarter. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at B5Q for the main site, at Kielbasa Kings, WI, uh, and then uh, at Scott Wismusk2 and at Jake Coco, that's K-O-C-O, B5Q. And so uh, we just had Dan Kadar from Mocking the Draft talking about where he thinks Melvin Gordon's going. I gave us a spoiler, which is uh, always a good tidbit, good nugget of knowledge. Uh, we talked that. We talked, uh, I just want to thank Phil Mitten coming on for uh, about 15 minutes before he went to the mothership of SB Nation to talk about the Badgers uh, brackets. Uh, and now, Scotty, uh, you know, breaking it down, we listened to Josh Gosser uh, talking about uh, the Big Ten tournament and and what they set out to accomplish, and you know, uh, transitioning. Uh, should we talk some bucks? What sounds good to you? Oh, we only got a few minutes left. Um, right. The bu- we're, by the way, next week we're going to talk some Brewers intently. We're going to do Badger tournament talk, and and we're going to talk some Brewers and start previewing a little bit of the season and how spring training has gone and that sort of thing. Uh, bucks with a loss uh, again yesterday to Memphis. And, Things aren't going great um, again since the trade. However, they're still pretty much a lock to be uh, likely a six or a seven seed at the worst. Um, but you'd still like to see them start gelling a little bit more since the trade got made. Absolutely, Scott. They're 34 32 right now. Uh, they are, like you said, still in the sixth seed. About uh, still four games ahead of Indiana, who sits at 30 and 35. Uh, Charlotte's right behind them, so they're still about four and a half, four and a half games ahead of uh, the seven and eight seeds in the Eastern Conference. My question to you, though, is: Do you think this team could be in danger of falling out of the playoff picture? I, you know, obviously the Eastern Conference isn't as strong, but and with them still learning how to gel together and, and you know, Mike Carter Root Williams working to still be part of the offense and Brandon Knight being such a big part of the offense. No. Do you, do you think no, they're, I, they're... I think Indiana could catch them. I think they're, I mean, 
I know we said this about the Brewers last year too, but I think from a mathematical standpoint, it would be hard for them to not at least qualify as an eight seed. I mean, um, no, I, I, I don't think, I don't think that's going to happen, but you know, at one point before the trade, I thought they could not only be a six seed or even, you know, but win a series. So, I mean, I don't feel that way now, but at one point I was starting to feel that way. Yeah. I, I feel you. I feel you on that. Yeah. I just, it, you know, obviously, people. It was kind of a not a not like a Trayvon Jackson, Joel Stave polarizing uh, type topic, but just like do you trade Brendan Knight? Do you keep him? And obviously, they traded Knight uh, to Phoenix, and uh, it'll be yeah, you know, I obviously uh, the future is definitely bright when you have him and Giannis. And uh, and Jabari Parker coming back, and you've seen I don't know if you've seen those commercials with Jabari yet, uh, with I think it's Gatorade if I'm not mistaken. So we'll you know obviously it's going to take a little bit of time, and uh, but I mean the upside's huge, and I mean this is still a team that's still projecting to, re- you know they're looking to the future, and they feel they have a good solid nucleus now that they can work with. Yeah, no doubt about it. By the way, speaking of basketball, um, we talked about the NIT. Are you going to be paying attention to the CIT tournament? No, not at all. Not at all. Well, here, <laughs> let, me, let me tell you why you shouldn't. I'll let you know some of the teams that are in this thing, and I don't even know if – obviously you don't have to be Division One because I don't think USC Upstate is Division One. Um, I'm pretty sure that uh, High Point and Incarnate Word are not Division One schools. Um, Corpus Christi may or may not be. Um, Grand Canyon I'm pretty sure isn't. So um, those are some of the teams that have made it and qualified for the CIT tournament. Uh, really, the only teams I've heard of were the fourth. Well, there are a few, but I mean the bigger names I should say are fourteen and fourteen Dartmouth, um, Canisius, uh, Bowling Green, and James Madison. So um, have at that. You know, good luck. Good luck with with that viewing. <laughs> I'll, I'll make sure to get my bracket done with that. Uh, on that note, by the way, don't know if you saw this, though, a little bit of breaking news. Uh, we just found out, looks like you have with the second round games, it's going to be Friday evening. Uh, TBS looks appears to have uh, the game. Uh, looks like it's going to be after the 650 matchup of Oregon and Oklahoma State. And so that'll be on TBS on Friday night, March 20th. So you're looking, let's see, 6.50 Eastern time, that's 5.50 tip Central time. You're looking probably 8.50, 9, 9.15 tip, maybe, oh, well, that's two hours after. So probably like 9.15, probably 9.30 tip. Uh, that, that's uh, Eastern time. You're looking at, uh, let's see, a 6, 8, yeah, looking about 8.30 probably on Friday night Central time where you'll probably see Wisconsin and, and Coastal Carolina uh, start off. So that will be, uh, you know, everything starts this week, uh, and uh, we'll have some fun with it for sure. Yeah, and I won't get to watch the game because I have a commitment with BCW. So, Well, they have to have a TV over there, right, where they'll play it, they'll play it over at Nights of Columbus? Or do they I don't have know, TV? actually. They, they, no, they won't, actually. But, uh, but you know, that being said, uh, there's a good chance that I'll be able to catch the second half at the after party, so. Excellent. Excellent. Just uh, on that note, uh, we'll take it home as as our twins are fussing over here. Just want to thank Dan Kadar, thank Phil Mitten for coming on. Uh, of course, thank you, brother, for another installment of the Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza. And uh, next week, like I said, we'll talk some Badgers, and then we'll have an episode dedicated to the Brewers, or you know, a good chunk dedicated to the Brewers, uh, and, and we'll have some fun from there. And uh, what we'll do, we'll sign you guys off, not in our normal way, but what we're going to do, we're going to sign you off with some audio from post-game today so you guys get the nuggets of of uh, information from Sam Decker. We'll play Sam Decker first. We'll play Duye Dukin next, and then Bronson Kennedy to end the show. So, uh, guys, take care. Have a wonderful week ahead, and uh, enjoy March Madness. This is the Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza. Uh, like I said, match up with Hoops. Yeah, you gotta be ready for that. Probably another test. Yeah, but it's gonna be a good time of year. Uh, hit back with that. Sam, what do you think turns around when you guys are down 11? What do you think turns around when you guys are down 11? We got some stops. 
and then uh, about to some big shots. Um, I think Frank had a big move there to get that and one dunk. You know, that was a big move. Just going, you know, just like take that lid off the rim a little bit and open it up, and then getting some stops, like I said, forcing some turnovers and. Uh, you know, it kind of all fell into place in there. Three days you win a tournament title. One would think you earned a one seed this weekend. as successful as you can get in one weekend. Yeah, it was a great weekend for us. You know, getting three big wins in the championship. Like I said, step two, that's step two of our goal. And, um, you know, we're proud, I'm proud to be on this team, proud to be with these guys. And, uh, I'm ready for some more of them. So that'll be big because you know, every game is going to be a battle at NCAA tournament. Not all cupcakes. Um, so I think we were down at one point every game this week. I think we were down at half every game this weekend. Not Michigan. Not Michigan? Something like that. But, uh, close. But we were losing at one point in the second half against them. <laughs> So, you know, coming back and getting some wins from coming come from behind wins is going to be big for us and give us some confidence. Yeah, what was that planned uh, celebration? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. That, that wasn't me. That was Vito and some other guys. <laughs> yeah, you got to. You know, it's your team. So, yeah, you do whatever they want. Initial reaction to having that number one place. We're excited. <laughs> um, we had some knowledge knowing that, you know, if we probably would have won, we would have got a one. So we were pretty <clears> – we weren't – Totally surprised, but we were, we were obviously excited and you know happy that they recognized our hard work throughout the season, and uh, I think we're well deserving. Just uh, stand it and uh, start on defense and not doing dumb things and, and stay disciplined and go back to our style of basketball and um, you know it happened to work and we got back into it. Get some stops, um, forcing some turnovers, and, um, and then obviously taking it to the rim and being physical. You know, that got us back into it. And stuff that hurt us was you know, letting them get easy slips to the hoop for dunks, you know, turnovers, and uh, taking bad shots. And so, you know, we, we got eliminated, you know, those mistakes. But you know, it's good to get some of those bad mistakes out of the way and still get a win. Oh, yeah, heat check. What heat check? What a heat check? It was an open shot. Short. <laughs> Come on, get out of here. All right. Yeah, I talked to you about coming off the bench and relishing that opportunity today. Eight points in the first half. Uh, you know, I uh, just came ready to play. You know, I knew my team was going to need me. Uh, big game. Uh, we wanted to win this. We've been talking about it for a while. And just wanted to contribute in any way possible. Uh, got a couple a couple open looks early and took advantage of it. How big is that number one seed for you guys? It's huge. It's huge. That's something that we strove for all season. Uh, we worked towards it. Um, all of our goals were really set on winning a Big Ten championship, winning the tournament, and then hopefully getting a number one seed. And, uh, you know, now it's up to us to take care of business. You guys have some of the same opponents that you guys had last year. The reason is that kind of fun or you guys kind of want to? Yeah, I thought it was pretty ironic, but it doesn't really matter. You know, we're just happy we got a one seed and, uh, we got to get ready for Coastal Carolina now. Do you feel like after you won today, you would definitely get it, or is it still? Uh, well, people were saying people were saying that even uh, regarding discounting today, we would still get a one seed because uh, I think the committee would have already made their mind up by now. Uh, so we're just happy with the one right now. Into that celebration. I don't know. We just wanted to do something different, and uh, it was under Frank and uh, Frank and Vito's uh, expertise, their their idea. What turned this game around? Uh, you know, I think in the second half, uh, we just focused in better. We we got stops defensively, forced tougher shots, and uh, we were able to convert on the offensive end. You know, we got Frank going in the second half. Bronson hit some good shots. And uh, spread the floor. You're down 10 and you outscore 31 10. You can't expect that to happen. Uh, no, but we're a resilient bunch. You know, we've been down in this tournament already twice uh, in the last two games, so we, we didn't panic. We just stuck with it and uh, basically chomped at the bit, slowly uh, cutting down the lead. Tell us about the selection process. You guys, the last one's in number one. Was it? Any nerves there at all? Uh, a little bit, just because they, they told us before that we were a one seed, but, you know, you don't really know until you actually see the name pop up. Um, so to see that it was a number one seed, we're really excited for it, and uh, we're ready for the road ahead. What does it mean getting it here for you Chicago? It's huge. Uh, I loved it, you know, being able to cut down a net on, on a court that I grew up on. Uh, I couldn't have asked for a story, more storybook ending, that's for sure. How many family and friends here? Plenty, plenty. I don't even know the number, but it's got to be at least 50.
Tell us about your hopes on the NCAA tournament. Obviously, a solid team all the way. Yeah, you know, we're really excited about this team that we have. Um, we've, we've really strove for high goals this year. We wanted to win a Big Ten championship and a uh, tournament championship, and we did that so far, and now the next step is the NCAA championship. Okay, good luck. You got it. Thank you. Guys, that was Bronson. That was not Bronson King. That was Duye Dukin, senior forward. Obviously, uh, having a big first half uh, and, and contributing with some points off the bench. Bench like the Badgers needed him to to uh, advance and to win the Big Ten tournament title and we're going to wrap it up like i said bronson keg you heard from sam decker before duye but now we're going to end it on the man that had had nine assists 18 points let's see this was it 18 points yes it was yes yes that was 18 points nine assists four rebounds so uh sophomore guard bronson koenig we'll end you on that you guys have a great week ahead doza bachenya yeah, definitely. He was just telling me, like he always tells me, keep being aggressive. This is your time to take over. And uh, just telling me how to work off those ball screens because of their hard hedging and everything like that. And, uh, I finally got in the lane and I got a layup. Oh, I mean, I like to think so. Um, when was the first time you realized I can take over? When I had to take over, when Trey went down, uh, I was I was confident in myself, and but this is really uh, I don't know. I thought I took a few steps forward this, this tournament. How do you kind of take a breath now before you know? It's, I guess the third season now starts with the tournament. You got to get ready as a one seed. And yeah, forward. I mean I'm sure we'll get tomorrow off, which will be nice after three three straight games. But um, it's back to work after that. Bronson, they were shooting over 60% early on in the second half, and then you did a lot of scoring in the overtime period. What do you think happened there on defense? Uh, I don't know. I thought we just, you know, we were really motivated. We wanted it, and uh, we went out there and played tough D. Luckily, they were missing they were missing shots that they were making prior to that. Bronson, uh, a lot of your teammates thought you'd be named the most outstanding player. They were surprised when it was Frank. Yeah. What was uh, your reaction? I mean, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, Frank's a great player. He's done so much so much for me and this team and everything like that, and he definitely deserves it.